You're listening to Nurses on Fire, the podcast for nurses by nurses aspiring to financial independence. This is our weekly conversations with the CFP edition. So every Monday, we'll be joined by certified financial planner, Jason Hamilton, having honest money conversations that guide nurses like you on their path to financial freedom. So if you want to get your questions answered, make sure you head over to nursesonfirepodcast.com slash ask to be featured in an upcoming episode. We answer money questions live every Monday via Facebook Live. And if you want to join us live, make sure to head over to the Financially Intentional Business page on Facebook. Like and follow the page to get notified when we're going live. Have you started on your journey towards financial independence or want to do better with your money and don't know where to start? Well, this training is for you. I encourage you to head over to financiallyintentional.com slash live to sign up for our next free masterclass where I'll teach you the techniques I've used and taught my clients to master money and build wealth. During this free training, you'll learn the most powerful weapon you have at your disposal to launch into financial freedom, the budgeting method that will free up thousands of dollars a month to achieve your financial goals, the common mistakes to avoid while paying off debt, and how to rapidly slay debt. You don't want to miss this. So head over to financiallyintentional.com slash live or click the button in the show notes to register for our next free masterclass. All right. Hello and welcome everybody to today's workshop slash podcast, the Nurture Wealth Podcast. My name is Jason Hamilton. I'm a certified financial planner and I am with Miss Nasima McElroy of Financially Intentional. Hey. Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome back. We really hope you've been enjoying the first couple episodes. We're really enjoying doing this for you. So we're excited to come back today with three tips for nurses, three financial tips, I should say, for nurses going into 2020. Three very important tips that if you don't get these right, could really be setting you up for a lot of pain in the long run. But if you get these things right today, starting today, going into 2020, you're going to be in so much better shape. So Nasima, you ready to get going on this? I'm ready. Okay. So tip number one. Okay. Nasima, maybe you could talk about this. Uh-huh. Tip number one is see if your student loans, if you have them, qualify for any sort of forgiveness programs. Do you right. want to talk about your situation a little bit coming out as a nurse and student loans you're dealing with and then how you approach that? Sure. So coming out of all my degree programs, I had loans combined all over the place. And the first thing to do to check to see if I qualified for it was actually to go through my loan servicer and see what programs are qualified through there and to see what current plans I have, which caused me to consolidate my loans and then be able to qualify for public student loan forgiveness. And so I was under public student loan forgiveness before I decided to aggressively pay off my loans. So if you haven't heard of the program, you might have heard the acronym PSLF, Public Student Loan Forgiveness. And that's if you work for a some sort of nonprofit entity, it has to be a 501c3, and you could possibly qualify. And even if you can qualify, you may not want to take that approach because you do have to wait 10 years and make 120 qualifying payments to qualify for that. So 
if you're 23 or 24 just getting out of nursing school or younger, do you really want to wait till you're 32, 33, or 34 to have everything potentially wiped away? You said you decided to go a different route. Why was that, Nasima? I was paying $1,900 a month in my student loan payments, and I was just tired of actually dealing with the loan servicers. Yeah. So that was my thing. But I later learned that if I stayed on PSLF and like optimized more my retirement planning and all those kind of things, I could have saved money. But personal finance is personal. So you got to do what works for you. And in hindsight, looking back, yeah, I could have saved more money. But I know that the anxiety that it caused me and I just wasn't ready to do that for 10 years. So yeah. yeah, we've developed some sort of specialty in student loans and helping people out with that just through the work that we do. Mm-hmm. But it's really it's a big decision, you know, because that's a big commitment to stay for 10 years, mm-hmm. having to be somewhere that qualifies as a 501c3. I mean, a lot of hospitals do so it may not be that big a deal. But there's other programs we can talk about for a second, like the nurse corps program. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's say you start with $100,000 in student loans coming out. If you want to do a 10 year forgiveness, there may be a huge loan balance towards the end that might even double or triple what you started with. So it can be a little bit scary to ha- watch that compounding up with the plan that it will, you know, one day get forgiven. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that you mentioned the reason why you wanted to pay off because you're tired of dealing with the student loan servicers versus the actual loan themselves or the program themselves or the $1,900 payment. That didn't bother you as much as dealing with the loan servicers did. So that's kind of interesting to me. <laughs> what, what did they do that made you so frustrated that you just wanted to get this out of your life so you didn't have to even deal with those folks? So firstly, I mean, like, kind of look at the source, right? Most people who work there are reading off of scripts. They're not very knowledgeable. They're not, like, the highest paid people in the world. So their incentive isn't really to help you. Their incentive is kind of to get through the day and get through these calls, right? And so they don't necessarily know what they're talking about. And so it was always difficult just talking to them. The other thing is, in order to stay in the program, you have to recertify every year, which they started to make a little bit easier. But the paperwork that you had to give to them every year with your income, with your taxes, you know, you kind of felt beholden to them. You have to make sure your employer signs off, make sure they get the paperwork back in time. So it was just a whole hassle that I just didn't feel like dealing with. And yes, I mean, the $1,900 a month really did bother me. And I remember calling them being like, you know what? $1,900 is a lot. Like, I bet you don't even make $1,900 a month. And they were like, yeah, that's the truth. But I was just like, I mean, that's a lot. Like, why would my repayments be this high? And they were just like, you know, it's based off of your income. So, yeah, it did bother me. And that was something that I did want to get rid of, like, rapidly. So that's why. Yeah, Yeah, I can appreciate that. If you are a nurse that's coming out of school and you have big student loans and you're looking into maybe payments that are larger than you can really make right now, the student loan forgiveness programs can be a great option to really help you get, you know, at least a limited payment. Um, I actually recommend that you look into some sort of forgiveness program before you go into things like deferment. Because yes. if you are deferring your loans, you're going to continue to compound and capitalize that interest. Where if you're in a student loan repayment program, some of those do and some of those don't make you continue to compound and capitalize the interest. So it can get really tricky. You know, the nurse corpse program, can be great. I mean, I think there's a limit of it of about $60,000, I think. Is that right? Or $27,000, I think you can forgive. But then you have to stay into a certain type of job, right? And a lot of times those jobs don't pay as much as working in some sort of other place. Mm -hmm. And it's like, 
is it really worth sticking it out, you know, for something like that? Or is it really worth advancing your career as much as you possibly can to then, you know, get ahead since you're gonna have a limited forgiveness? I can speak to that a little bit because I did qualify at one of my jobs. So when I first started as a nurse, I worked at a county facility that qualified for the nurse court program. However, my pay difference, if we're talking about hourly, was about $30 an hour more working for this other entity that didn't qualify for nurse court, but qualified for PSLF. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to save $20,000 by going through this program. Does that make sense for me? Like when I can make, you know, dollars $60,000 more at this other place. It didn't really make sense. So you have to weigh those options. No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, yeah, it doesn't make sense at all. You're going to save 20000 over three years or make 60000 more in the first year, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's a clear answer. But then the other two programs, you know, the PSLF, the Public Student Loan Forgiveness, that's really meant to be a 10-year forgiveness program, right? So 120 qualifying payments. <laughs> so that can make some sense if you want to follow that. And then, of course, there's a the long-term yep. forgiveness programs where it's 20-year forgiveness for undergraduate and then 25-year for any sort of graduate student loan debt. But the nice thing with those programs, if you are just getting your career started, you're trying to get things figured out, it can cap your payment. So instead of being on a 10-year repayment program, you know, you can be on an income base, right? So income-driven repayment. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. anywhere usually from 10 to 15% of your available income after a, it's like 150% of poverty level off the top of that, right? So you reduce your income from that 150% level of poverty level. So it's based on that. And then you can reduce it further by doing what we're going to talk about next, which is contributing to your 401k, 403b or 457 account. It's based on your available income. So if you are just getting out of school, definitely want to do some research. And I actually recommend you work with a professional, somebody who is really understanding of these programs. There's a lot of frustration, a lot of negative articles out about the student loan forgiveness program saying like less mm-hmm. than 1% of people are getting forgiven. Yep. I think the majority of that is because people just didn't follow the process and really stick to the steps they need to take. And I do think we're going to see more of that coming. People that are getting their loans forgiven. But at the same time, one little mistake could cost you an additional you know, month or even years of payments because you didn't track things and do the things the right way or recertify, like you said, you know, every single year like you're supposed to. So if you are getting out student loans and you have them on your back, looking into either some sort of forgiveness programs might be a good idea to be thinking about or just doing what Nesima did and figuring out how can you earn the most money possible and get these things out of your life as soon as possible so that you're not burdened the next 15 or 20 years with the student loan payment, right? All right, and so hopefully that's helpful to everyone watching. Number two is going into 2020 is looking into your available retirement savings programs. Do you want to share a little bit about the normal retirement savings programs you have as a nurse? Yes, so typically a nurse has access to a 401k or a 403b. And then some nurses are lucky enough to actually have access to a 457, which is a deferred compensation program. Okay. So most people, most folks are going to have a 401k or 403b. That's the general. And if you've never heard of these types of accounts before, if you're just brand new to the world of saving and investing, a 401k or 403b or 57 or 457 are all accounts that have specific and special tax considerations And they're a vehicle that allows you to save for retirement, either tax deferred, or if you have a Roth 401k, 403b, you can save, you pay taxes today on that money, but then that money will grow forever tax-free in that Roth 401k or 403b account. What we recommend generally is as you're starting out, is regardless of your situation, that you want to start and get the match, okay? Getting that match is free money. So Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases, 
up to five or six percent, you'll get a percentage of that anywhere up usually 25 to 100 percent of your contribution matched. And that will be given to you by the hospital or company that you work for. And essentially that's free money, right? So you always want to take that money. And so if you are getting towards the end of the year here, going into 2020, there's actually been an increase on the amount you can save per year. So if you are an experienced veteran with saving for retirement and you're already, let's say, you know, maxing out your retirement accounts in 2019, you could have saved $19,500 if you were under 50. And if you're over 50, you can add $6,000 to that. So that would have been $25,000. Going into 2020, you can now save $19,500 because there's been an increase for inflation. And so now a total of 20,000, excuse me, 25,500 if you are above 50 or 19,500 if you are below 50. And then we, you mentioned the 457 account. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So your 457 account, like I said, is deferred compensation and it has a lot of benefits to it in that it's also pre-tax. So you save on taxes there. You can put up to the same amount you can put into your 401k or your four. I mean, it's actually only works with a 403b. So you can put in the same that you put in your 403b. So that's another 19,500 going into 2020. And the benefit of that is that you have additional tax savings and it can also be used as a tool for early retirement. Say you want to leave the workforce earlier. If you separate from your company, you can take those funds with you penalty free. So that's why I like that. But it just helps me to accelerate my retirement savings because those funds I want to use for retirement. So that's up to, what is it, $31,000 a year that is being diverted from paying Uncle Sam to paying into my retirement. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there might be some folks out there that can save that much. Some people may just be getting started. So mm -hmm. if we're, those seem like big numbers, don't worry. Your goal is just to get there someday. You know, but when you're getting started out right out of school, one thing I found that most people don't do is actually sit down, write down what their expenses are going to be, right? You know, put together what your rent or your home payment is going to be, the cost of food, the cost of, you know, gas to get to work every day, any things like that. And we call that a budget or a cash flow plan because a lot of times people don't think they can save because they don't really have a plan on what they're actually spending. So, you know, even before you look at saving, you might want to sit down and write out your expenses, create that budget for yourself. And then find a way to get that at least that minimum match amount aside before you start doing other things like paying off debt, like attacking student loans, because getting a hundred percent match, you know, that's better. I would take that over a five or 6% interest rate, you know, right. in the short term. And I think you'll think yourself long-term and if you have right. access to things like a 457 and you can go be above and beyond your 403B, that can be a great account because normally 403Bs, 401Ks have a restriction where you cannot take money out before 59 and a half years old without the 10% penalty, but the 457s do not have that same penalty. So you can't take money out earlier. So if you are a young hustler, you know, 30 years old, 25 years old, looking to retire early, calling that financial independence, then that might be a good vehicle if you're going to be leaving before 59 and a half. So I love that. Okay. Number three, ready for number three? Ready. Okay. Number three is something that, yeah, I'm going to, well, I'm going to keep talking about this because this is the one thing when I had my first conversation with Nasima, I didn't know actually, by the way, about nurses and it's under the idea of taxes, right? I didn't know that there's this big, I guess you call it a secret because I never heard about it before, but there's a lot of nurses that get into their work, work their bums off. Okay. You know, work their butts off and work all this overtime, make a bunch of money, but then realize at the end of the year, they didn't withhold properly for taxes. 
So then they get this massive tax bill that they weren't expecting that wasn't taken out of their paycheck. And now they're sitting there on payment plans with the IRS. I had no idea that this was such a big problem in the nursing community. And so it's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about doing this show with you. Can you describe maybe some things that you've seen in that space? What's happened to people or stories you've heard on, you know, what's how people got there essentially with that IRS type debt? Some people just have gotten there just not knowing how to withhold or what withholdings mean or just understanding that process. A lot of people have gotten there by just kind of gamify the system and take home as much as possible without paying taxes, not really understanding the tax implications of that. But like I said, it's super common. I know just personally several nurses that are on payment plans with the IRS or are having garnishments in their checks. And so this is something that I feel like plagues. Yeah, like you said, a lot of nurses and it's something that we have total control over and something that we can really avoid proactively <laughs> by just making better decisions in how we set up our withholdings. Yeah, that's interesting when you said about playing with their withholdings so that they can take more home today, right? Mm -hmm. uh, one thing you need to be very aware of is that the IRS is not stupid. They will be, if you're a W-2 employee, everything that you get paid is tracked, right? It all gets reported to the IRS. Your employer has responsibilities to do that. So you're not going to be able to hide, right? It's going to come up one day. So, and then the other thing is you are required to pay taxes throughout the year. You're not allowed to just, you know, claim, you know, exempt, take all your money throughout the year and then just pay it back. You technically could do that, but you'd be paying some penalties and some late fees on that. So don't recommend that at all. One thing you could do, if, so a couple things, if you have a tax advisor, like an accountant or a CPA, then the best thing you could probably do early in the year is look at, especially if you've got a raise, you know, what, what did you make the year before? What do you expect it to make this year? And have them uh, run some projections for you to see how and if you know you should be holding money aside and do what's called an extra withholding beyond what your paycheck is holding so that that money is set aside for you. I don't love the idea of you giving the IRS a tax-free loan throughout the year. So I don't want you to overwithhold, but I also don't want you to show up and have a big surprise where you have $20,000 in taxes you need to pay and you don't have the money there ready to pay for it. Another thing you can right. do yourself is, you know, if you're reasonably decent with finances, you can use something like TurboTax and you can go in there and plug in your numbers to get an idea of, of where you would be for the next tax year and then look at your paychecks and see, you know, are you withholding enough? Are you not withholding enough? And you can play around with that yourself if you are proficient with that. But if you're not proficient, I recommend getting professional help and getting that established so that you don't wake up again. You might be, it's 2019, it's the end of the year. You might be having a big surprise. And so if you're hearing this in 2020 during tax season, and this is you, then you definitely want to be planning again ahead for 2020. Any yeah. thoughts on that or any ways you would recommend to handle? No, I think those are some great tips. I think those are some great tips, especially the terrible tax one, because you can kind of estimate. Also, a lot of times employers in your payroll system have tax calculators that you can use. And then paychecksity.com is another one, another kind of just plug and play tool, a free tool that you can access online that can help you understand your withholdings. Yeah. Those are all excellent. I've never heard of paychecksity.com. I have to check that one out. I play with it a lot. <laughs> it looks kind of funky, but it's a good tool. <laughs> yeah. 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 So those three tips, right? Seeing if you can get qualified for student loan forgiveness programs. If you know you're going to be in your job for 10 years, if you like where you're at, it's a 501c3, then that might be a good way to do it. If you are giving up income, like Nasima was, to get qualified for a forgiveness program, 
So at the end of the day, it's actually negative, then you may want to revisit that situation if that's right for you, if it's right to pay it off early. Number two, get those contributions started, guys. The most powerful thing you have if you're just getting out of nursing school is time, right? Time. Learn about this subject called compound interest. By putting money in today, it will grow and you will get not only growth on the money you put in, but you will also get growth on the interest. So interest on your interest is called compound interest. Learn about that subject. We can talk about that another day. And the third one is plan for taxes, right? Get your taxes in line, have a plan for those, be checking in throughout the year. If you find yourself working a bunch of overtime, make sure you're staying on top of that so that you don't have a surprise come April of 2021. Those are three things I want you to take away today. Anything else you wanted to add to that, Nasima? that we think we should talk about today? I just want to emphasize that steps two and three play into each other. When you're thinking about tax withholdings, if you think that you are going to run into paying more taxes, it's a good time to adjust your withholding so that you're putting more into your retirement. So you're lowering your taxable income. So those two things, you know, play into each other. So just look at that as far as not just withholdings, adjusting your withholdings, but also your contributions so that you're paying yourself and not the IRS. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, every dollar you put into your retirement account pre-tax is money you don't have to pay tax on today, which will lower your tax bill in this particular year. But you may pay tax on it in the future once you go to take it out. But if you're in these really high income years as a nurse, there's probably a good chance you're going to be a lower tax bracket in the future. But that's definitely something you want to be thinking about as you are deciding what type of contributions to make. So I think that is great. And if there's not anything else, we can wrap up for today. We want to try to keep, keep these episodes short, to the point, give you good tips. So you can be thinking about this on your drive to work, to and from the hospitals every day. And if there's nothing else to see, we can wrap up for today. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time, we will be here to chat with you. If you have questions, financial questions, leave us a comment below the video and ask your question. And we will do our best to jump on those and get those answered for you for our next episode. All right. Have a great week. Enjoy. Not Try not to work too hard. But if you do work overtime, remember, it's not all going to the IRS. You are going to keep some of that. So earn that Christmas money. Put it aside. Save for the future. And we'll talk to you guys next time. All right. Bye-bye now. We hope that you've enjoyed the episode and that you've learned something new to set you on your path to financial independence. If you love this episode, please share, subscribe, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want us to go over your financial situation or have your questions answered, head on over to Nurses on Fire Podcast slash ask and have us do an analysis of your individual financial situation. And don't worry, we'll keep you anonymous. Thank you for listening to my mommy's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Bye-bye. Bye.